0: Hi, I'm Jessica Schiller-Silverman, and I want to warmly welcome you to the Alive Podcast, where wellness and business come to life. I stepped away from a six-figure career in venture capital in San Francisco to start my own venture, all inspired initially from a podcast. Learn how in this powerful show full of golden nuggets that will help you learn how you can come alive in your creative prowess, while creating financial and energetic flow. Each episode will uncover my secrets to debunking the starving artist myth. Come on, enjoy the ride and come alive with me. Hey gorgeous, if you really enjoyed this episode and are wondering, how do I blossom these whispers within? To speak up, to stand out, to stop overcomplicating the process ruminating over every detail. I always say as a creative, your mind is always bubbling with ideas, but sometimes you struggle to see them through because you get lost in the overwhelm of information out there. Where do I start? What systems do I need? How can I make an impact on social media? Again, without letting all of the noise drown me from being online all the time and burning myself out. How can I attract a tribe of like souls and create a community around my purpose? And at the deepest level, how do I know that my work will matter? You were meant to create, you were meant to love, you were meant to attract, you were meant to make an impact. And to that, I invite you to join me to get out of your head and into your digitally savvy life. A community and a collective of gorgeous souls, just like yourself, who want to hear the whispers of their soul, being born into the world to make a difference and make an impact, and hey, why not a little income on the side to truly work their creative. I invite you to join me and check it out at bit.ly backslash blossom your biz. Have a fabulous day. Hello, Alive Tribe. Welcome back to the Alive Podcast. Today, I am honored to be in conversation with Chloe of Neon Woman. Chloe is from the UK, currently living in Sydney, Australia. She was born three and a half months premature. Chloe turned 30 this year and has been navigating what it means to be in your 30s and still living your truth and what your soul needs, not what your ego expects. She started Neon Woman during lockdown last year as a platform and community to inspire, empower, and educate women on inspiring women in life and what it means to be a woman. I cannot wait to unpack this conversation. She's created an acronym, which gives me goosebumps because ALIVE is an acronym as well. And I love acronyms from the word woman, W-O-M-A-N, that she uses in her brand. She sees women as being made up of neon colors, which feeds into the woman acronym itself. Ooh, so much left for the imagination. Welcome to the ALIVE podcast, Chloe.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited.
0: Yes, yes. And so I know we've, listeners don't know this, but you and I know we've connected on Instagram. And listeners, if you have not been to her Instagram page, definitely check that out. It is, and of course, I'll share all this in the show notes, at Neon Woman. Her branding is so beautiful. I don't know how we connected. It's divine intervention. I'm so happy that we have. But There's just something about the spirit of your brand and the neon, and and of course it's so intertwined to everything I do with Coming Alive and my Live Vibrant program, which is all about, right? The energy of colors and the psychology of color. And of course the feminine spirit that you bring into your brand. So I'm really just excited to to have this conversation today and really bring this spirit of, of the neon woman to life.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know how we connected either. It was just, like you said, it was meant to be. Yeah, yeah, and this, is, this has
0: been a long time coming, so I'm super excited to start this conversation. My first question for you is, who is Chloe? Oh, I
1: love that question. Simple. I, yeah, I am, I'm a woman who is navigating her early 30s, I am a writer, I'm a creator, I am a dreamer. I love to say I'm a dreamer. And I'm a woman who is just trying to embody what it means to feel everything in life.
0: So beautiful. I just, I love, my soul moved when you were saying that, you know, writer and a creator and a dreamer. In my very first bio when I started my business years ago I remember I had that I said I think I'm a modern mystical daydreamer something to that effect what do you dream about oh
1: everything <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding from from childhood I I just I was a dreamer about what I wanted to do in life and who I wanted to be and life certainly didn't take that dreamer path but that's okay you know everything happens for a reason and i think now as a woman i am finally beginning to embody the dreamer inside of me because i think i'm finally brave enough to to live the the dreamer mentality if you like
0: Mm, i love that the dreamer mentality so I'm going to actually rewind because you said that there was a point where you weren't quite living this dream, right? And now you finally kind of embodied and you're really living this, this dreamer mentality. So take us back to a point in your life when you weren't really living that dream, when you felt maybe that disconnect, right? Between mind and body and sort of that cognitive dissonance, right? It's, it's we want to be one thing. Our mind is is here, but our body is in another reality.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll take you back a little bit further as well, because I think it will kind of help with, with my journey. Um, I have always created things from from about the time I was 10 years old. I I loved writing and I would write stories and songs and poems. And I would design, you know, full magazines and draw their covers and terrible drawings but I would write all of the articles inside, and I would write TV scripts and books, and I just had this dream of being a creator in some capacity, whether that was going into film or TV or writing a book one day. I wanted to just create. I carried I think I carried a lot of ancestral fear with me, which is something I've only delved into recently. I basically got scared and, you know, I did school and I went to college and my path was kind of telling me to go to university and study English because that's what I was good at. And I just didn't want to. So I didn't and life took a series of other turns. I eventually ended up moving to Australia with my partner, and I kind of left the dreamer world behind, without even meaning to. It wasn't a conscious decision, it's just life got in the way, like life does. And, you know, I moved to the other side of the world, left all of my family behind, and I just had to I had to embody adulthood you know and I got a normal admin office job and I started climbing the career ladder with that and to begin with I loved it because I felt like I'd never had a sense of purpose and suddenly here was this you know it wasn't a high-flying career but it was a good career and I was climbing the ladder and I loved it but I I always still felt a little bit unfulfilled and i think for really most of my 20s i left the dreamer mentality behind wow i I, and i didn't even realize
0: yeah and that's that's what i was going to ask next i i pause for a moment because i feel your story so deeply your story is, is so intertwined with mine. Mine was, you know, straight from college, uh, straight to the corporate ladder, corporate career. I was got my degree in finance and I got my master's in finance, right? Just really following, like you said, that corporate ladder and that, that system, right? That, that society has created of what is an acceptable means of, of making a living, mm-hmm. right? Or at least that's the story that I, I grew up with. And I spent 15 years in corporate finance, right? Climbing that ladder, For you, uh, that was most of your 20s. For me, that took me into my 30s. I'm now 40. And I just can't thank the experience enough of being in my last corporate career that was so restricting. And so I call it a glorified prison. I can't think of better words for that because I felt so locked every single day. I used to wake up with panic attacks. I would cry in the car just thinking about going there. And I was making six figures. I mean, it was a very lucrative career. I was a manager at a prominent venture capital fund in San Francisco. So to most people, that sounds like the dream, but I was so miserable. I moved to California, like you moved from the UK to Australia to kind of live this California dream lifestyle. And all I had was a couple hours at a Saturday and then Sunday was grocery shopping and getting ready for the week. And then it was, it was back into that routine again. And it, it made me so miserable and so lost and, and longing really for like you just dreaming. I actually had a notebook that I kept at my desk where I used to just record all my dreams. Like that was my mm-hmm. escape while I was literally being watched. I mean, everything was being watched, my social media use, what I was working on. I mean, it was, it was kind of that open office style mm-hmm. where everybody could see what everyone else was doing. And it was a culture where you knew your watch. So it wasn't just the facade that it was an open area. And so that was kind of my little secret was just having that notebook. Or I kid you not, I had Excel spreadsheets open and I would write little notes on there. And my boss actually found it one time it was really embarrassing. It was notes about how I felt about working there. And yeah, I was I I was exposed, but I don't recommend that. Definitely keep it pen to paper (laughs) somewhere private. But I often recommend that to a lot of my students and clients that are still transitioning to have that escape, to have that way that you can still dream, even if you're not there yet, right? Even if you're so far removed from that dream, but just the awareness of it, right? The, The awareness where you can really tap into that other reality that other realm that you so long for i think drives right and continues to fuel and motivate you forward so while you were in that space what did you do to still stay connected to that dream
1: initially i didn't do anything i i stopped writing altogether basically i i'm not even really sure why because those first couple of years in Brisbane were some of the happiest of my life. And I was almost unaware that I had even been a creator because I creation from, for me as a child originally came from a place of dealing with my parents' divorce and it was an escape. And I was finally living this amazing life And I almost didn't need that escape anymore, so I stopped writing. Interesting. And I was okay with that for a while, so I really didn't do anything creative for maybe two or three years. And one day, I, you know, relationships, they're not perfect all the time. And I was going through a rocky patch in my relationship, and... creation the creative side of me just wanted to come out and I started writing songs again let's be honest songs are just kind of poems without any music Mm -hmm. so I was writing poetry again and I rediscovered that side of me but I didn't do anything with it for a few years after that either and it wasn't until I moved again so we moved to Brisbane We were there for three years and then I moved to Sydney and I got to Sydney and I was in this new job, which for all intents and purposes should have been kind of the top of the career ladder, but it wasn't all it was made out to be. And I was bored. I felt the most unfulfilled I had ever felt. And I just, I set myself this challenge. beginning of 2019 where I said I'm going to write one poem a day for a year so every day I'm just going to write a poem whether it's one line or two lines or a page and I did I wrote 365 poems over 2019 and I posted them on Instagram and they just they sat there but it lit that creative spark in me again and that was kind of the extent of it for 2019. I ended up getting my old corporate job back and I was allowed to work from home. It's a job I'm still doing and something I've learned recently is to really be thankful for the, the places that you're in at the right time. So even if things aren't serving you, They are serving you in a sense, like you might not be able to see it at the time, but everything is serving you for a reason. Mm -hmm. So I'm not this far flung creator that I want to be, but I'm in a situation in my life right now where I'm able to do it alongside my corporate job.
0: That is such a blessing. And I I love how you said that because I think that that is a golden nugget and really a divine, Lesson I think for anyone listening that's in a situation where they feel out of their own skin is the best way I like to describe it, where they really long to be somewhere else, but they're not there yet. Is to know that while you feel like that may not be serving you, right? As we often say around new moon or full moon cycles, release what no longer serves us. But I love how you said to a point it does to a point every situation that you're in, past, present leading to your future, all has its divine purpose, even if it doesn't right, bring us joy or radiance or a lightness of spirit, it does serve its purpose. And oftentimes, and I, I heard a little bit of that uh, weaved within your story, and it's definitely a part of mine, but a lot of my creativity is born from struggle, is born from sacrifice, is born from the shadow sides of our soul that for so many years, and I don't know about you, but for so many years, I shunned my shadows and I only wanted yeah. to show up in vibrance, in neon, in light. But it is often those moments that are not so neon, let's say, that truly bring us back to the essence of who we truly are, because that shadow is just so much a part of us as our light, as is Absolutely. Nature, the sun and the moon, right? That is to be in complete balance and alignment and unity and oneness, So I just, I really love how you say, how you said that. That was just so beautiful. And I want to thank you for those
1: profound words. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's interesting. Just, it's interesting when I look back on, on my life, because I've always said that I'm a closeted creator, if you like, I've always hidden my creativity in the shadows. And I never really knew why. But after doing a lot of inner work, especially this year, it's interesting the the beliefs that we carry from childhood and our parents. And I love both of my parents very deeply. And this is no, you know, no criticism to them. But growing up, I was such a creative force. And I would say, you know, I would, I would want to do everything. You know, I'd, I'd want to write a book, so I'd say, oh, I'm going to be an author one day, or I'm going to be a songwriter one day. And my parents would say, well, that you know, not everyone can be a songwriter. That's, that's such a hard career. You know, not everyone becomes a best-selling novelist. Why don't you just do something easier? Mm-hmm. And I love them for that, in a sense, because... Yeah, all of those careers that I dreamed about were, I guess, far-fetched for someone from a teeny tiny country town. But I think that really stunted my creative growth. But then, as I look back on my life even more, I think I didn't have the experiences I needed to be the big creator I wanted to be.
0: And I think it's those experiences that really shape the creativity. Like you said earlier, the experiences that maybe not seem so comfortable, right? Or so favorable, but they are because they allow us to really embody who we truly are versus like you said, from childhood, the stories that, and it's, it's so funny because you and I are so connected in that way. It, I know we've never had this conversation before, but, but I grew up in, and I love my parents very much as well, but it was the same story. For me, it was an actress. I was very much into acting and theater. I went to a special school uh, around my middle school and um, teenage years for acting and singing and dancing. And even um, in elementary school, I was like the lead in the school play. It was just something I, I loved being on stage. There was something about, even though I was very shy, mm-hmm. a very introverted by nature, especially, especially as a child. And as I got older, I became even more and more introverted I think because of the beliefs, same thing, like, good luck in Hollywood, right? Not everybody, it It was actually Broadway, I dreamed of being on Broadway, I love theater, and I love production, and musicals. And that's what I dreamed of. And my parents are the same thing. Why don't you go for something a little bit more safe? Hmm. Conventional, right? Easier, right? And that's, no harm to to our upbringing or our childhood. I mean, parents wanna keep us safe. They want us to have, right? But in a way, like you said, it does stunt growth, even though consciously they would never want that for us. But I think as creatives, and, and I know you're a dreamer as well, as a child especially, I often used to, and my grandmother, bless her heart, she used to ride in the car with us. She lived overseas, but when she came to the US to visit, she would sit next to me and I always just often stared out the window and just would be really lost in my own, probably Same. in my own dreams. And my grandmother always said, wow, you're, you always look so sad. You always look so lost. And my parents, she never understood my parents. said, she's not sad. She's just, we, we let her do her thing, you know? So that's the one thing about my parents that I do appreciate is that a lot of people from the outside who didn't know me well, didn't understand that I always looked sad, but it wasn't sadness. It was like a really deep connection to my soul that I was longing for. Maybe there were moments in staring out the window of a car or maybe it was just when I woke up in the morning or before I went to bed. It was those, those subtle moments of silence where I finally felt like I wasn't enraptured with everything around me. And I could finally just hear my
1: soul. I have chills. My dad used to say to me, you always look so sad. What's wrong? Yeah. And nothing, I mean, sometimes there was things wrong, but Most of the time I was just, I think I felt everything so deeply and I didn't know how to express those feelings except creatively. Didn't know how to verbalise them. And yeah, like you, most of the time I wasn't sad. I just, I was just a very deep thinking person. I was very internal. And I did just want to stare out the window on a car ride or just be with myself and my thoughts
0: yeah. and there's almost like a a deep inner peace that that comes with that it was almost like my not necessarily an escape but it was like one of my little pleasures of life like yeah. I get so much joy even to this day I, I sit by I have two windows here in my office and sometimes I just stare out at the cars and the trees and the way the light kind of shines on certain leaves and twinkles and there's such a simplicity Simply, simple joy. I should say. I was going to say simplicity and joy that just comes from that that sense. And like you, see, case in point. Sometimes I can't express what I truly feel in my heart, even to this day. But starting my business, starting the podcast, continuing to write and create content has helped really open that door. I remember times where I I didn't even finish complete sentences. It was like in my mind, I knew what I wanted to say, but if I would try to convey it to you. I would say like three words and stop and people would say, what were you trying to say?
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: And I think it's because I was cut off for so many years. And again, no shame to my upbringing, but I felt like I didn't have a voice. And so in a way, perhaps knowing that I cut my own voice off. Yeah. I didn't feel like I knew how to express that. And that's why this, this podcast is such a joy for me to have guests like you that I feel you're also an empath and, and a highly sensitive and you feel things with such deep, I can't even express it really, just like a deep sense of connection. Yeah. But it's really hard to put into words, even as a writer, I'm a writer as well. And there are just some feelings and emotions that can't be expressed with words. Yeah, words absolutely. Almost, words almost deafen in the meaning, if that makes sense. Mm.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting what you say about your voice. I, as you can hear, I'm naturally super husky and I have been my entire life. That was a real issue for me growing up. I wouldn't say that I was bullied, but people didn't respond to it. And so from day one, I've carried this, I guess it's kind of like a shame around my voice. And I think that's why, that's part of why I created, because it was my little, my little world. I didn't have to share it with anyone. I didn't have to speak up, and I didn't speak up. I would just keep all of my opinions to myself. So I was writing and creating all this stuff, and I had so much to say, and I felt like what I had to say was so valid, but I was too afraid to speak up, and... It's literally taken me until my thirties to accept that this is how I sound, but also that I have so much to say as well.
0: And see, I hear your voice and I I love it. It's so soft-spoken and gentle and just very inviting, very comforting, very compassionate. Thank you. I just think it's stories that we create around that when to someone else, it's such a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, thank you. I say that Sophia Bush is my voice twin, because her voice is amazing.
0: <laughs> I love that. So what, what really shifted for you in your 30s, that you've emerged out of that into really the spirit of this, of this neon woman, really embodying this from a closeted creative to a, let's say, connected creative?
1: It's hard to pinpoint an exact moment. I turned 30 in January of this year and I guess I kind of expected my world to shift slightly. I'm not sure what I was expecting, but I expected something and nothing happened. And the way I've described this year of being 30 is I have felt like this tidal wave is waiting you know, I'm waiting for this tidal wave and I'm waiting for it to hit me and, you know, carry me off into the into the waves. And nothing has happened. It's been very uneventful. If anybody said to me, oh, how's, how's the first year of being 30 been? I will tell you that nothing external has really changed, but so much internal stuff has shifted for me. And... Throughout the years, I've tried to start different blogs and internet creative projects, if you like, and nothing's really taken off. And then the pandemic itself was, was kind of a blessing for me because it made me feel more stuck than I already felt. But I had the time to to get my creativity going again. And I knew I wanted to start a blog, but I was—I knew I'd done that before and nothing, nothing worked. And then one day I just had this brainwave. I thought it needs to be something that's unique. So why don't I start a podcast as well? Mm. I had no experience in podcasts. Like I didn't even own a microphone or a decent pair of headphones. And one day I just, I just had the idea for Neon Woman. I I just, I thought I wanted to be a place where women can be inspired and empowered. And I'm not sure where it came from, my higher self somewhere. And I just ran with it and I created an acronym from the word woman. And I knew I wanted to interview women who inspired me and that was kind of the groundwork for it, and it's, it's grown from there. You know, it's, it's now just over a year old, and I've interviewed... Well, we're in season three now, but I've actually interviewed over 40 guests. And I'm just, I'm blown away by, by this new level of creativity that I didn't know I had. And, the, and just the conversations I get to have with people. The slogan is, I hate small talk, but I love deep conversations. I, because I really do hate small talk.
0: <laughs> I, I love that so much. And I, I remember reading that in your bio and I got chills because that is my mantra as well. And it's funny because growing up, I just wasn't much of a socialite. I was very much of an introvert and I would go with my parents to dinner parties. And again, I would have the face, the sad face. My mother would say, put on hat when you walk in the door, smile and say hello and be nice to everybody. And my response was always, mom, you know, I hate small talk. They're going to ask me about your job and the weather and really just mundane conversations. But like you, I love deep and intimate, like that's what fuels my soul to talk about a comedy or a movie. I mean, that does move me in a way if it is something that aligns with my soul but just to talk just to talk yeah
1: it's just something I could never do the thing I hate about small talk is normally the first conversation is oh what do you do yes not so it's interesting your first question was who is Chloe that's my first question on my podcast as well yeah because we're so known for what we do but I'm not what I do
0: not at all it has nothing and that's that's why I hated it as well because for years I worked in corporate finance but that wasn't at all who I felt I truly was. It was just a way to make a financial means, right? To be able to live and to pay the bills. But that's why I always ask that first question actually of all my guests because who are you? I don't think you or me or anyone listening really ever took the time until we dove on our spiritual path, right? And sort of that introspection to ask that really simple but profound question. So yeah. anyone listening, I invite you to just open that door if you've never asked yourself that question. Who are you?
1: Who are you? It's, it's interesting what comes up because I do think we're almost programmed as humans to, to chase like what the ego wants. Yes. High-flying career, expensive car, big house. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things if that's what your soul wants. But I find my ego has tried to chase the career ladder. And that's not what my soul wants. My soul wants to create. Yes, yes. And
0: that's so beautiful. A big part of of the work I do. And it's funny you mentioned writing a book because that has been on my list for (laughs) probably all of my life. And I laugh because. I started writing 2018, I believe. I have two, three chapters written of my book. And then like you, I just stopped. And it's not mm. that I haven't created other things. I've created a business. I've had group programs. I've had I have my podcast. I have this beautiful business. But I actually did a meditation this morning. It's divine timing that we're having this conversation today where she asked, and it was about embodying, I think, your soul skin. And she asked, what is that one longing or nagging feeling at your heartstrings? What continues to call you? And the first thing that came to my mind, because I was in that meditative intuitive state where my ego, again, could not interject, was writing my book. Mm. And I often think about it because I have not had a problem creating anything else that I've created. But that's been the one thing that probably for the same reasons that you or any other creator feels that they can't do this full time because we need the fancy car. We need the money and we need to right, We need the support to be able to do that. I think that's what has kept me from writing the book all those years that, Hey, we all know writing a book, isn't the fastest path to, <laughs> to being a successful entrepreneur. It's, it's a means to get there, but nobody really makes millions except for a couple of best-selling authors From writing books, and so again, that story that you were told as a child and I was told as a child. Well, why don't you do this? Because this is going to. Even as an entrepreneur, I followed that path, and it's so divine that that again, I heard that this morning, and I didn't allow my ego mind to come into play, and it was just like right, right, right. No matter what it is, no matter like you said, that's so beautiful. You set an intention years ago to write a poem every single day, even if it's one line or a whole page. Or for me, I did that once for 30 days. I did a haiku challenge just to get started again on Instagram because I wasn't really showing up. And I said, oh, this is a really beautiful way to do that. But I think both you and I's stories and, and just everything that we're talking about for anyone listening that is struggling to start or even doesn't know where to start I think it's a beautiful lesson, whether you were there and you just struggle to pick it up again, or you haven't even started in the first place, you're still in that creative closet, is to just do that, is to just take that pen to paper and write the first line. Or like you did so beautifully, you said, well, the blog isn't necessarily working out as I wanted, so I'm going to blog and podcast. And you know what? I don't know anything about being a podcaster. Guess what? I knew nothing about being that was the other thing that I said for years. I remember my husband and I, when the pandemic first started, we'd go for like an hour walk every day We We'd all this time. And I kept talking about it. And all he kept saying to me is, you know what, when are you going to just do it? How many podcasts are you going to listen to about starting a podcast? Yeah. How many webinars are you going to attend for all the equipment that you need before you just invest in really the, the two things that you need to create a podcast, which is microphone. You really don't even need a fancy one. You can honestly use your iPhone. I know anchor is a platform where you can just do that. You just need a way to record and, and a guest and a conversation and a voice. I mean, really it's, it's that simple. And of course, editing and stuff like that. But I just love that you said that because I think there's so many people that really get stuck in that creative, right. That kind of writer's block mm-hmm. around any creation that they want, whether that's playing music, dancing, creating film, writing, poetry, becoming an entrepreneur, that they never get past that. Yeah, don't even and, know where to
1: begin. yeah, and something I used to do is I was so I used to be so critical of my own writing, you know, I'd write something and then I would edit so much of it. Yep. And what I did with those poems is I didn't edit them, I, I feel like I was channeling the poems and from my higher self, or somewhere else, and I, I put them out as they were, and as they were intended to be, and I didn't edit, like, yeah, I autocorrected them, you know, spelling wise, but I left them as they were, and I let myself accept that that was what I needed to say in those moments, and whatever came out, came out.
0: Yes. And I just think that's a beautiful lesson for really anyone listening. And, and even for myself and hearing that I get stuck all the time. When you said that I, I'll write a piece of content for my course. And I say, ah, that one line or that word, ah, I don't like how that sounds or that's not the perfect image. And it's so funny because you could put it out there and no one would see what you see as not mm-hmm. being perfect. I often challenge my students and clients this way. So then I ask them, well, what is perfect then? other than your own perception of what is perfect
1: yeah and with neon woman something something that held me back for ages is I had this vision of when I become the creator I meant to be I will be the perfect version of myself I won't have any issues I won't have any shadows I, I will never be perfect I will always have edges and shadows and my, my kind of second slogan to I hate small talk but I love deep conversations is I want to empower women to feel it all because for most of my life I felt so much but I didn't allow myself to feel everything and I'm not perfect so I will have ups and downs and that's okay I can still show up as neon woman, and and put all of it into the world.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that feeling your feelings and really just allowing yourself to be that. And I and I think it's so beautiful because of that contrast between your branding, right? A neon woman, right? So when somebody hears neon, they think always bright, always happy, always sunny, right? Mm-hmm. Vibrant. But really, it's the soft, it's the edges that make the vibrance. That's what I teach with live vibrant. I mean, that's what it means to truly be alive is to embody it all. Right. And and so I love really both of your mantras. They, they really speak to my heart, right? Number one, I don't like small talk. I like really deep, meaningful, intimate, engaging conversations. Right. And then just feeling it all that really, if you think about the yin and the yang, right, The, the feminine spirit, the yin, is to be one with all that is. Yeah. It's to be on the mountaintop and to feel all of the emotions that rush through you that you really can't express, right? Yeah. Like my last trip to Yosemite is is still ingrained in my heart as one of the most spiritually transforming trips. It was for one of my birthdays, I believe, I don't know, two, three years ago before the pandemic. And I just remember that there wasn't much except for hikes every day. I mean, there was no fancy dinners. I was just like staying in a cabin out in Yosemite. But the feelings I had on those long walks where I had no idea how far we were walking or what time it was. And I had no self-service, which is such a blessing. Amazing. It's like, those are the moments that, that we remember right at the end of our lives. Like you said, that's, that's the soul. That's what we truly long for i think all of us in life is just having those moments that are so unexplainable but so beautifully alive and then there's that's the highlights but then there's those deep dark moments too where we felt completely stuck completely out of our own skin almost in as i was and you were kind of this glorified prison where it's so unfulfilling and you just you long for more and i think that longing leads you back
1: to that sense of, of creativity. Yeah, and, encourage... oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think a lot of my darkness and my shadows over the years have been because I didn't allow myself to feel at all. Mm-hmm. I have, I feel so much, but I pushed everything down and that is not advisable. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was afraid of of almost turning on the emotional switch, like opening the floodgates what what would come out and yeah i'm just trying to embody feeling everything because you do need to open the floodgates and feel happiness pain all of it just every aspect i love that and so how how do you inspire women
0: through neon woman and your branding to do that how do we feel our feelings it's
1: not easy something i like to do through the podcast is every woman i i chat to they're called neon conversations because kind of like this it's it's kind of fluid it just the conversation flows and i like to always find out from my guest what what are your neon colors but also have you ever had moments in life where you dimmed your neon colors Mm -hmm. or you lost your colors Mm -hmm. and how have you found your way back to brightness
0: love that what a beautiful because I dimmed my
1: colors for so long yeah and
0: so what would you say your neon colors are how did you find your way back to
1: brightness I love that question by remembering who I truly am on a soul level and that took a number of years like it wasn't just an overnight an overnight thing but by doing i mean it sounds so cliche you know doing the inner work but really that's that's what it took to you know i lost who i was for so many years and it wasn't all bad i was i was happy for a lot of those years i was living my ego's dream you know but I really had to remember myself and remember how I felt when I created. My blog is actually called Drunk on Creativity because when I'm truly in that zone, I feel drunk.
0: Oh, I love that. Drunk on Creativity. Again, you are you're so creative and I just love. And I look forward to being on on your show, by the way, I already, uh, you sent me your questions and I was going to reveal them a little bit on mine, but I said, no, that that's your thing. And I I love it so much. So I'm going to encourage everyone listening to my podcast to go on and head over to neon woman podcast as well. And I'm excited for our neon conversation, but as I was preparing, like all of your questions and your prompts really made me come alive. I mean, they were so introspective and so deep and so beautiful but also so fun and so vibrant and so alive. I mean, I really can't think of better words that they were just so beautiful and even the way you pose the question of color. So I invite anyone listening, you know, what are your favorite colors? That's actually when I first started coaching seven, eight years ago. The very first session with a client, I would ask them their favorite things. Mm. I would say, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite TV show? What's your favorite genre of music? your favorite musician, and they would just write down all of their favorite things. Your favorite chair, why do you love this favorite chair? And then I would ask them to connect dots because something that seems like really simple, like the song, these are a few of my favorite things, right? You connect them by knowing why they're your favorite things. There's a reason why you're attracted to something. So when you said your colors were dim and then how did you find your way back to brightness? I envisioned someone that literally dimmed their colors they literally maybe in their house. They lived with white walls hmm. or the choices of the colors that you wear, right? And that's not all the time, right? I mean, I obviously am a Crayola box that threw up almost every single day, but I wasn't always this way. That, that's just become a part of my personality. I love things that are big and bold and bright, but honoring whatever that is within you, right? Some of us are softer and love those kind of softer hues and pastels, but, but knowing that and why you love the music you love or the colors that you choose really says a lot about somebody's personality. And so when you say doing the inner work, I think that question is so simple, but it opens up so many portals of understanding and awareness. Like the first time I ever answered that question, I was like, wow, I never realized why this TV show is related to this choice of music is related to this color is related to the words that I speak every single day. And then when you kind of go backwards in time to childhood, and then maybe when some of your childlike desires got softened, muted, silenced, right? And you want to find your way back. I just think that exercise is such a beautiful way, again, to come alive, to become neon, right? To find your way back to brightness.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know feeling everything is is how I found my brightness again, but also speaking my truth, you know I had been this kind of secret creator for all of my life, and neon Woman was the first step to to kind of publicly embodying creativity but actually it was it was not very long ago, maybe two months ago I I published my first article on Medium and the whole article was me publicly announcing to the world and the universe who I truly am. It was actually called, Who Am I? And I spoke the most truth I have ever spoke in the written sense. And the whole article was me screaming to the universe, I am a creator. And I've, I'd never really expressed that publicly mm. and maybe a month later I was approached by an editor who said I'd love to help you self-publish those poems you wrote back in 2019 and it was just divine and intervention by speaking that truth and not keeping it to myself that door opened
0: like goosebumps because you were telling us about your poems in the year that you wrote them And now it's, right, this beautiful story, right, really coming full circle by doing just that, by just claiming to the world, publishing your first article Medium, and then just saying, who am I? I am a creator. Because I think that's where so many people get stuck, is not proclaiming it, right, either keeping it to themselves, or even if they show up on social media, They don't yet proclaim what they do and not necessarily what they do as a profession, but who are they? Right. Who am I? I am a creator and I am announcing it from the rooftops to the world. And look, there, you got an opportunity now to self publish your book. Congratulations. Tell us about the the process and when we can expect to see it on shelves.
1: Yeah. So it's interesting. The ego, my ego kicked in as soon as as soon as this editor suggested it because my ego was saying it's self publishing it's it's not a big publishing house it's just me publishing it i'm so glad that i listened to my soul because my soul was screaming you know do it and my ego was saying don't do it it's just it's self publishing it's nothing i interviewed this editor for my podcast about a month ago and ended up reaching out to her after the interview to say, you know, I've, I'm a writer and maybe one day I'll, I'll be in touch for your assistance with a book. And when I sent that message, I sent her my blog and my Medium article and the Instagram with all the poems on it. And she just resonated with the poetry and you know there's 365 poems so the book will be called a poem a day and it'll be a poem a day for the whole year and you can open it to a random poem or you can read one every day and it's just it'll be modern and inspirational poetry for for anyone that that needs to read it at that time. Like I truly believe whoever purchases the book, it'll be because they're meant to read those poems at that time.
0: Yeah, well, I can't wait to get my hands on a copy. And it actually brought me goosebumps again because when I was still in my corporate career and starting on the spiritual path, I had started with maybe just an hour a day posting and just starting to put the feelers out for having my own side hustle. That was my morning. I used to read, it was Mark Nepo's book called The Book of Awakening. And it's a poem a day. I didn't have much time for reading. But again, like a child, I used to sit for hours and read books. It was just my soul's longing. And so to hear you putting that creation out in the world, that changed my life, just reading a poem a day, and you're going to change so many lives. Whoever is called to read that poetry. And I love how you said you can read it in order or just Flip to a random page. I do that exercise all the time. I actually encourage all my students and clients to do that as almost like messages from the universe, like a tarot card reading, like open to a random page. And you know what? It's really not random. Something guided you there. And what does it say on that page? And then continue to question yourself. That's another, again, beautiful way to to self introspect and to really understand, again, who am I? Because the way you interpret those readings, right? Someone can take your poem, me, someone else, and can hear and see two different completely experiences. And that's the beauty of of creativity, right? It, it helps our own inner being come to life.
1: Yeah. And I, I believe, you know, nothing is random and there are no coincidences. So I'm just excited. Like my dream has been to hold my own book in my hands and yes, yes, you know, yes. smell the pages because I've always smelled the pages of books. Yes, yes. And the thought of people having a copy of my book in their home is just like, that touches my soul on such a deep level. It's just yes. amazing.
0: Yes, and I, I, I share that same dream. And it's funny this morning, I thought, just take that first step. I, it's funny you mentioned publisher. I, I am in the Hay House Writers Collective so just like the membership program where you can then submit your book for the proposal and, and same thing. It's like, I had those same thoughts of ego, like, Oh, I need to be with a big publishing house or I'm not right. But, but you listen to your soul. And I think that's so beautiful because now that dream, which by the way, all the famous bestselling authors I know of, they have all started by self-publishing their book. I've studied so many of my Deepak Chopra being one of them, my favorite authors and now he has what 80 plus best selling New York Times yeah. bestsellers. He's written like 80 books, which is my dream. But I love how you said that just holding a copy in your hands. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, I don't do Kindle or, or digital reads. No harm against anyone who does that, or even audiobooks. Like I need to have that book in okay. my hands. I need to smell the pages. I need to turn the pages. So to imagine giving that magic back to somebody else, but with your own words. I just think there's nothing more beautiful than that. Um, I'll actually show you. I have this bookmark on my desk as a reminder. It says, and it's made from paper. It says, if a story is in you, it has to come out. And it's by William oh, Faulkner. I love that. And it's actually biodegradable. You can replant this in soil. Amazing. Because when you're done, don't throw it away. Plant it under a quarter soil water daily and watch your plant grow. So you can actually plant something with this bookmark. So I just think it's beautiful. just like, a way of continuously giving back, right? Of nurturing the soil, and nurturing the seeds, right? Because, not to be morbid, but you and I won't be here forever. So, like, I right. think about that all the time. Like, like you turned thirty, I turned forty this year, and I'm like, okay, what's next? Because, like, time is ticking, and you know, I will only be on this earth so long. And so, what is the legacy? I always ask, what is the legacy I want to leave? Yeah, and to absolutely. Me, more beautiful than than a book, because I read books from authors that have long passed. And their words still ring true to this day. And it's just beautiful to have that continued legacy out in the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. It's just, it's the first step on, on fully embodying who I am. I mean, for anyone listening, I am actually still in a corporate job right now, but that's okay. Like I have accepted that this is where I am and these Magical, divine things are still happening to me because because I'm allowing myself to surrender to the process and just see where life takes me. That is always how I've lived my life. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad has always said, you need a plan, you need a plan. I don't have a plan. I, I cross bridges when they come and, you know, there's so much on your shoulders when you turn 30 as a woman Mm -hmm. that you should have in place and you know marriage kids all of those things are wonderful things but if they haven't happened to you yet then they're not meant to happen to you yet and neither of those things have happened to me yet and that used to bother me but now I'm okay with it
0: amen Amen. And I totally understand where you were. I've I've done everything late in life. I even learned how to drive a car late. I got married later in life. I actually still don't have children. So I resonate with that. And I don't speak about that openly enough. And this could be probably a whole nother podcast and conversation. I actually was on a podcast called the Childless, Child Free Podcast or something like that. And I never even broadcasted it because I didn't want women to have children to think that I'm anti. I mean, it wasn't that at all. There's not a reason that I don't have children now because I don't want children. Like you said, it just, it hasn't been the right timing for me. I do very much want children. And actually in studying my uh, natal chart and learning more about my North node. Children are a big part of my creativity. I've actually learned that recently about myself is that working either with children or with having my own children is, is a big part of my soul's journey, but it just hasn't happened for me yet. And I'm 40 and I know that biologically, <laughs> there's not a lot of time left, but, but there is, you know, I do believe that. And if, if it's meant to be, it will be. And if you channel, right, your energies into that, I, I truly do believe that what is meant for you will become you, right? What is meant for yeah. you will never flee you. I, I really do believe that. And it's funny that your, your father always said, you have to have a plan. My mother growing up always used to say, uh, man plans and god universe spirit enter in whatever you resonate with laughs so mm. it's like we as man we think we know everything we plan right we try to create a logical life and then here is you know spirit universe god as a as a an experience and i really think we are all pieces of that right we are oh, all yeah. God. we are all universe we're all spirit um but but they laugh right the soul laughs yeah the ego plans and the soul laughs so I, love yeah, I truly
1: believe that, you know, some of the deepest things that you desire, they are so easy to manifest because they were always meant to be mm-hmm. and anything that you tried to make happen and didn't happen, that's because it wasn't meant to happen and that's something that's really helped me in life to not feel like I'm lagging behind because I haven't done certain things, maybe those things aren't meant to happen yet or ever
0: yes or ever exactly exactly actually just finished a really good book called it's not your money by Tasha Mm -hmm. Silver and she also wrote a book called outrageous openness it embodies both of those right both of those books embody that spirit of if something isn't coming to you through manifestation or wishes it's just not meant for you but something better is right something you didn't even envision will come into your aura will come into your reality and so I live that just as you. It's a beautiful way to live. I think just being open to flow, right? Really following the flow instead of trying to force things to happen as you think they should happen.
1: I always say, you know, when I'm praying or manifesting, if it's meant to be, make it clear to me. Oh, I like that. If it's meant to make it clear to me. Or I say, you know, this that I'm wanting or better, this or better.
0: (sighs) That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. I say an abundance prayer every morning. And at the end it says, let whatever needs to come, come and let whatever needs to go, go like not yep. attaching, right? Again, that yogic spirit of a parigraha really just not grasping onto anything. Yeah. Really beautiful way to live hard in practice, but over yes. that's why we call it a practice. So, <laughs> well, Chloe, this has been amazing. I want to be mindful of your time today uh, I could talk to you for hours same (laughs) um will definitely have to have you back on the podcast and again I look forward to being on your podcast um but if you just have a couple more minutes I have a few more questions that I like to ask and end episode with sure the first being what quote has inspired your life and business
1: oh that is a hard question So many quotes. I really think, I'm going to sound really pretentious here by saying my own quote, but you know, feel it all is a quote that I've used for this whole year. And that really has been what has summed up my current life and my current business, because It's just, it's carried me on this journey with Neon Woman and opening up my soul to publish a book and it's, it's a quote that I, that I think will help me build on Neon Woman and where I want to take myself and my business.
0: Feel it all. Something I say to
1: myself all the time, feel it all. Feel it
0: all. I'm feeling it right now. That's so beautiful.
1: Thank you. Thank you for sharing
0: And what about a book, being that you are a writer and an author yourself, what book or books have really moved you in life,
1: have really spoke to you? So many books. I could talk about books for, like, the whole day. I could, too. (laughs) I mean, my favourite novel is Anna Karenia, which, again, always sounds so pretentious. That book, to me, is just beautiful. It's, you know... It's just one of the most beautiful stories i've ever read but then i also read a lot of non-fiction a book i read recently is the divine matrix oh. i think it's by greg braden and it's quite an old book but it's just about the whole concept of the universe and how the universe is this this matrix this almost kind of web the spider's web and That book just changed my outlook on manifesting and, you know, the whole concept of that because it blew my mind, the fact that time is linear and we are living in the past, the present, and the future all at once. Yes. Stuff stuff has already happened in the future and that's why I believe if you manifest something and it happens, you know, really easily, it's because it's probably already happened it just changed my whole outlook it's an incredible book
0: oh, I would definitely have to add, add that to my cart. that is really beautiful and yeah it's even, kind of hard to
1: explain but
0: no no I, I understand it completely and even to use a very tangible example of this podcast I mean five minutes ago is the past even not even yeah. the beginning of this episode <laughs> you all were listening five minutes ago or an hour ago the present is focusing this moment on each word And then the future is, right, what happens at the end of this episode and beyond. And and so I think it's beautiful to even think about, yeah, we're living in the past, present, and the future, really all at the same time, even though we feel like there's just one reality.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, beautiful.
0: And what makes you, of course, being the Alive podcast, I love to ask this question, what makes you come alive?
1: Creating. Being drunk on
0: my creativity. Being drunk on creativity. Yes. Cheers to that.
1: (laughs) And sometimes wine, but mainly creativity.
0: I I hear you on the wine. Right now I'm coffee, but wine later. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Well, cheers to that. Listeners, you can't see, but I'm cheersing Chloe here with my with my mug. Um, how can our listeners find you, stay connected with you, hear more about your books and all of your beautiful creations?
1: Yeah, the easiest way is Instagram. So, Neon Woman is at underscore neonwoman. Or you can go to neonwoman.com. Uh, there'll be all the links for the podcast, the blog. The podcast, you can just search uh, Neon Woman Podcast, it's available everywhere. Uh, but the links will be on Instagram and my website. And the book will be out, I don't have an exact date yet, but literally in a couple of weeks
0: oh i'm so excited i will definitely follow as i do every day your journeys on instagram i will link everything up in the show notes listeners so if you're driving have no fear i'll link up her instagram and chloe's website as well thank you so much chloe today for being here for sharing your precious energy with us today i really do uh have so much gratitude for having you here today on the show
1: thank you for having me and letting me share my story and yeah it's been amazing
0: Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. You too. If you enjoyed this episode, I invite you to share the love with somebody in your world that really needs this message today. And if you're feeling extra generous, I would absolutely love if you would subscribe to my show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen and rate and review. Interested to know how this show has helped you come alive. As the great Benjamin Disraeli said, action may not always bring happiness, but there is no happiness without action. That is where we truly come alive. And now I have an opportunity for all of you listeners to engage with all of the content and inspiration you gain from these episodes. Just visit the link bit.ly backslash alive with Jessica to listen to each episode and snack all the show notes and freebies that come with each episode to help you bring the spirit of the teachings to life.